0: Hello, and welcome to Higher Automation, a podcast brought to you by Hi Robotics. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. And today we are talking about unpacking peak, how to turn your current pains into future gains. As we approach the most wonderful time of the year, businesses are gearing up for a flurry of shopping activity. For many, the holiday season represents a significant chunk of annual revenue but it also introduces a unique set of challenges and pressures. So in this episode, we will explore the ins and outs of managing order fulfillment during the peak season and discover how to turn your current pains of high-demand warehousing into future gains. Our guests for today are experts in the field of warehouse goods-to-person automation a game-changing technology that has the potential to reshape the way businesses tackle the holiday rush. So let's get into it. We have two great guests, as I said today. Jake Etheridge and Vince Donato are both technical sales executives for High Robotics. Thank you both for being with me today.
1: And thank you for having us.
0: Excited to get into this conversation. Before we do, starting off with you, Jake, can I have you give us a brief bio if you can?
1: Yeah, not a problem. Uh, My name is Jake Etheridge. Um, as Michelle mentioned, I'm a technical sales executive, uh, at High Robotics. Um, I have about seven years of experience within the industry, designing, selling conveyor and robotic systems. Um, and I have a background in mechanical engineering.
2: And I'm Vince Donato, uh, also technical sales executive. I've been at High for about a year now. I have about two years experience in the industry. So not as long as Jake, but I've been learning a lot from the team here. Uh, I also have a background in mechanical engineering.
0: Wonderful. So we are talking about something that is really big for this time of year. Peak holiday shopping season places enormous demands on warehouse operations. And I know about that personally because I am probably the one putting a lot of that demand out there because I do a lot of shopping just <laughs> for myself during this time of year. So if you multiply that, we've got some some big shopping going on. So what are some common challenges and current pains that you see retailers and e-commerce companies facing during this time of year?
2: Yeah, of course. I'll start out with that. Uh, The the first thing you would think of is the high influx of orders that you don't normally see all year round. Everybody's doing their holiday shopping. So not only shopping for themselves, but shopping for everybody else in their life. Uh, So these companies that are normally seeing a steady average amount of orders every day are now seeing a high influx of orders all coming in at the same time, all rushed to be delivered, you know, those last-minute shoppers that are buying those gifts, hoping to get them there for, before Christmas. So that be, kind of becomes an issue for them as well, that they know they're getting these orders in and they know that if they don't get them out before Christmas, the people might not want them. So you then sometimes see that the peak season goes a little bit further than you may expect because people are you know, using their gift cards to shop and they're returning old orders. So they're getting a ton of returns all at the same time while also having a ton of new orders coming in from everybody doing their after Christmas shopping that you would see.
1: Yeah, to add to that, I think that um, you know, from the warehouse side, you know, Vince talks about the influx of orders, um, but what does that actually do for you as like a potential warehouse manager, right? Like, you know, we've talked on previous podcasts about the increase in labor that you may need to service these orders and the planning that goes into ensuring that you're ready for that peak season. Um, And ideally, you know, we want to leverage automation to overcome these hurdles um, and be able to moderate moderate the um, toll it takes on the company during those peak season order or during those peak season surges that you'll see.
0: Yeah. And there are so many factors to take into consideration. And and going back to myself being the shopper, you know, Vince, I remember you saying that it's not just getting that item, but, you know, getting it by that certain date, because I mean, it really comes down to that. If you can't have it by the deadline, then it's, it's a moot point almost. So what key performance indicators or KPIs should warehouse or operation managers be really closely monitoring during the peak season? And then how can they help in making improvements for the future?
1: Right. Um, you know, so w- with your previous question, we kind of laid it out on the line. You got an increase in orders and we have, you know, potential increase in either man hours or just personnel that you have to manage to get through the peak season. Right. So from a KPI perspective, um, you know, what I would personally be looking for are areas of inefficiencies. Right. So if you have a fairly manual, um, a family, a fairly manual um Distribution center, and you know you're you're leaning a lot on manual labor to get that product out the door. One of the things that you can look at is you know okay, um, if you have an SLA um, with whoever you're sending products to, like are you still meeting that? Like are you still meeting your service level agreement? Um, if not, then you need to take into account how many times you failed to make that happen, um, because that is going to directly impact. The revenue that you may see, you know, especially if there's you know penalty charges and things of that nature coming from you know whoever you have the agreement with. Um, the second thing to really take a look at is, you know, how much uh, capital are you spending to just handle the peak season orders and the peak season uh, returns? You know, as Vince mentioned, um, you know, actually t- taking the the quantity of you know ad- additional work and you know putting it to, to a dollar figure is going to be very helpful in understanding. Okay, like is automation something that I can potentially see a return on my investment in X number of years, right? And you know most companies are looking for like a a, a three year return on investment. In some cases, we've seen two year return on investment, and in others we've seen seven, right? And this is going to be very dependent on like your company. Um, and you know what your goals are uh, when it comes to you know making an investment and seeing returns on it. Um, the next thing you know, more on the labor side is, um, you know, how how many of your employees are showing up to work and doing the work, and you know taking a, a good look at your team that and making sure that they're still achieving their KPIs. Um, Even with the additional workload that they may be getting due to the peak season, Um, you know, the additional hours, uh, the additional um, the, the additional complexities that you may face, you know, with the holiday season, people calling in sick or taking time off, you know, take a look at that and see how badly that impacts your ability to get product out the door.
0: Hearing how automation can provide solutions, I want to dive a little deeper and get more specific with exactly how this works. How does goods to person automation specifically address the challenges and current pains that we talk about that companies face during this time period?
2: There's plenty of ways that goods to person systems can help address these pains uh, and really finding a flexible solution that's going to be able to meet whatever your company's needs are during that peak season because. Obviously, right now we're speaking about peak season in terms of holidays, but, you know, every industry has their own different type of peak season, whether that might be, uh, you know, the summer months or the Christmas months. But the important thing is you need to be able to basically ramp up your operations to be able to meet these new peaks that you're experiencing. And as Jake was referring to, a lot of the times that is labor. So, you know, you can't really force your workers to work longer hours to get that extra production. So a lot of the times you need to be able to bring in more labor to be able to keep up with that work. Uh, using a good-to-person system, you're kind of able to cut back on that because it's not, especially in today's age, it's not that easy to find labor for warehouses. So by using a good-to-person system, you're able to ramp up uh, you're able to ramp up your warehouse operations without having to increase your workforce. Where a lot of the times, this workforce for the peak season might just be temporary labor that is just going to come and go. So it's not always great to you know bring people in and have to let them go so soon. So by using goods to person automation, that's kind of you know artificial manpower just to help you boost through that. And what we kind of typically see a lot of right now is that people are starting to realize this and they want to offer these flexible solutions in the goods to person space. Companies are starting to offer strategies where you can essentially lease their technology in the goods-to-person space to ramp up your goods-to-person system during the peak season. So normally when you're purchasing a system, you're going to have this designed to reach your average daily throughput that you'd see in your warehouse. And you don't want to spend extra money to be able to reach these peak seasons that are only a couple months out of the year. So now that companies are offering the ability to kind of lease more robots or just, you know, temporarily increase the throughput of your system just for those peak months really can uh, can help that peak season pains that you really see.
0: And Vince, you hit on flexible automation because flexibility is a huge part with everything that we're talking about here, especially for companies who are selling during this peak season of the holiday season. So can you dive a little deeper and give us a little bit more kind of information about exactly what does that look like and maybe more examples of how businesses can best leverage flexible automation to their advantage during the holiday season or really any time of the year.
1: Yeah, I'd say that when we're looking at, you know, a flexible automation system, you know, as as Vince mentioned, adding robots to a system for a temporary duration is definitely a way to increase your throughput, right? Um, but I think, you know, from a more like, you know, 10,000 foot view perspective of a truly flexible automation system is going to allow you to do the things that you need to do, not just next year and not just through peak season, but for, you know, maybe 10 years, right? You know, these systems are built to last and they're intended to go into uh, a distribution facility and sit there and work Um, day in day out for 10, 15 years straight right until that equipment needs to be replaced. Um, But that's the thing is, you know, what does replacing that equipment look like? Um, You know, there are concerns, you know, in the in the in the robotic space that uh, companies, you know, may not be around by the you know, in 10 to 15 years, like if you go out and you purchase a system, uh, you want to make sure that you're not stuck with this particular solution that's going to, um, you know, potentially, you know, die one day, right? And the thought is, is that you want to leverage as many goods uh, that are standard uh, in today's world that you would expect there still to be standard in 15 years from now. So, you know, we're talking like pallet racking, that's been around forever. Um, You know, maybe you should look at leveraging a robotic solution that will pick totes or cases directly off of pallet racking uh, versus some type of proprietary storage system that, you know, can only come from a particular manufacturer, right? Um, that's, That's true flexibility. When you have that ability to just be able to say, okay, it's standard pallet rack, I have you know, an x number of different uh, providers out there, I, mean, I could source it from whoever is least expensive, uh, and who can meet my lead times and get me the the product or get me that material. So that way, I can have it installed, have the system commissioned for my peak season. Um, you know, that's, that's true flexibility right there. Um, and then to add to that, you know, what if you start to lean on goods to person, your company begins to grow, and you start to outgrow your space, um, or the system that you've installed becomes, you know, inadequate to meet your needs. The other side of the flexibility coin is, you know, the expansion aspect. Um, You know, how quickly is it to to expand? Um, How easy is it to expand? Can you expand while you are in production, or like when you are distributing products, you know, these are questions that you need to ask yourself, if you're trying to look for a truly flexible solution. And then, you know, to even pivot there, you know, what if you reach the limitations of the building that you're in? Can you take this system and move it from one location to another, right? And There are some robotic companies out there that you have to be careful with because they require a significant amount of foundation work to the concrete floor. Maybe you have to add in a drop ceiling, you know, fire suppression system. Um, And these are significant investments uh, and it's gonna lock you into that building or that lease uh, for the life of that particular, you know, material. Um, So, you know, if you're looking for something that's flexible, you know, the other, flip of the coin here is you know you want to be able to potentially knock it down take it somewhere else and then grow upon it from there um, or you know if you need to take it down and at least be able to resell some of the components of that particular system at the end of its life um, you know this is all hardware right you know we're not gonna we're not gonna sit here and pretend that you know these robots are gonna last forever and we're gonna find ourselves in a scenario like irobot um, but I will say that um, you know it's important to think about what you're going to do with the material that you're purchasing now. What are you going to do with it in 15 years um, when it is time to bring that particular system to the end of its life?
2: Just to uh, touch on Jake's point of you know proactively thinking now is especially the time to that we encourage people to be thinking proactively and really you know taking notes of these pains that they're experiencing during their peak season instead of you know saying. We need to fix this for next season. Now is really the time to start exploring uh, these different flexible solutions that you could utilize down the line. You know, it's a long process to get a good-to-person automation system in your warehouse. You know, t- from the start of just exploring and educating yourself to actually having that system go live uh, oftentimes is over a year's time span. you know, depending on how quickly you're moving on your project. So now is really the time to start thinking about your upcoming years, uh, peak seasons. And right now to be taking note of those different pain points and those different issues that you're having in your warehouse, marking them down, thinking about them and going out and finding the solutions now so that you can start working on that during your off season, your average season, so that you're prepared for your next peak season.
0: I'd love to ask a follow-up question, if I can, with what you just hit on there, Vince, with the time frame, Can we just talk a little bit about that for a minute or two? Because what should people expect? And then let me ask you two sides of that. Say they already have some type of warehouse automation in place, and maybe they just kind of want to tick it up to the next level, or you're starting from scratch and have nothing. What are they looking at as far as time constraints?
2: Yeah, time constraints vary from, you know, the different manufacturers that you're going to be working with, and those can vary anywhere, you know, six months to a couple years, depending on how that manufacturer operates. Some manufacturers are working in a made to order fashion where, you know, your system is being customized and built specific for you and others are kind of, you know, rolling out the same flagship type of robot or system that they're going to be giving to everybody. And they might already have those on hand. So that time might seem a little bit quicker. Um, oftentimes I'd see that the longest time span is r- really with most things in life is educating yourself and decision making. Uh that's a long process in itself. So, you know, even if you're looking at a system that you might be able to, you know, sign a purchase order for and get in your system in six months, there's always that extra time that you have to think about.
1: Right. And just to kind of expand on, you know, the time frame, right? Like what what goes into that? You know, from purchase order to go live, there's a lot that occurs. You have um, you know, the actual development of the hardware, getting it to site, right? And you know, many manufacturers nowadays are global, so they're probably gonna be coming from overseas. Um, and then you know, after that, you have to think about how we're going to interact with your software system. And that has a completely different timeline and development phase. Um, and one of the questions that you asked Michelle just a second ago is, you know, what if they already have some form of automation in place well you know that's where integrators become a very um integral part of the solution uh, because they are the ones who are experts in being able to take multiple different pieces from multiple different uh manufacturers and bring it together to provide a holistic solution to the end user or you know to uh you who may be listening to this podcast um but you know that's that's where an integrator is going to really kind of come in and provide significant value. If you go directly to uh, an like a, a manufacturer and you ask for their solution, um, in more cases than not, they're going to either loop in an integrator, um, or you know they're going to try and sell a standalone solution that only incorp- like incorporates their product. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best solution for you because that might not include. All aspects of your business. Um, so that's kind of where an integrator can really help you identify, you know, a, a full solution. And then at the, you know, at the end of it all, once they have that solution, they're gonna be the ones who manage the project and can provide a very firm lead time on when you can expect to hit a go live date
0: bottom line people really need to start evaluating things yesterday right (laughs) Right. (laughs) to to do it as soon as possible to get these plans in place to see if they can help out in your particular company if people have any questions today and no doubt i think that they will where can they go how can they reach out and connect
1: yeah i'd say um you know from a educational standpoint if you're really trying to you know get a quick understanding of what exists on the market maybe you don't have the time to really do that research to figure out every single robotic manufacturer uh, go to google and type in local material handling integrator and that will source you a handful of suggestions of integrators that are based in your area that can provide you with the information that you're looking for and potentially design a system and you know you can go from there. Um, if you're looking to reach out to me directly, my name is this Jake Etheridge on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out.
2: And myself as well. Uh, Jake and I are constantly posting good content on LinkedIn, You know, great knowledge articles for you to read through. And you know, I'm pretty open. So if anybody would like to reach out, ask any questions, uh, whether it just be about the industry, about tech- other technologies, our technology, or if you just wanna talk to me just for some random stuff, feel free to reach out.
0: Jake Etheridge and Vince Donato, both technical sales executives at High Robotics. Interesting conversation. As I said, I had quite a few more questions that I would like to ask, but for time constraints here, I'm unable to do that. But thank you for being here and answering some questions and no doubt piquing the interest of people out there to want to possibly ask more. Appreciate you being here today.
1: Thank you. Thank you you for having us.
0: And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Higher Automation, a podcast brought to you by High Robotics. Once again, uh, you heard Vince and Jake so that you could reach out to them on LinkedIn and you can always go to highrobotics.com for more information there. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed today's conversation and you want to hear more great conversations on the way. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. Thanks again for joining us. We hope to connect with you on another podcast soon.